This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. All right, for those of you just joining us now, uh, we are chatting about line dance here in uh, Harper Court of Lincoln, California. I have my grandmother, Minnie Gonzalez, here. And so far, we have been going over how she started in line dance, what she enjoys about line dance, and looks like we had a false start on the record button earlier, but we'll just kind of continue from here. <laughs> okay. So I like, I like the people who, were, who at that time were involved in, in line dancing. What was that time? Um, it was in the 80s when I first started. Hmm. And um, I had had a <laughs> sort of a bad attitude about this music and the people who might be involved in it, mm-hmm. in that I, I pictured it as southern i pictured it as kind of maybe redneck music um and i thought to myself well you know what you're not going there to have an intellectual conversation going there to dance okay if you want to have an intellectual go join the commonwealth club which i belong to that's a different venue different topic and so i learned very early on that discussing politics wasn't why i was there because then i'd get into it and my politics are liberal and so far removed from redneck, what we call redneck politics, that I thought, well, no, you're here to dance. That's what this is about. So given that attitude, I think um, it just helped me to continue it. And then having had a fantastic dancer made it all just so much fun. And again, because of the difference of how I spent the nine to five hours, shall we say, and what I did for socialization and entertainment. So you, you, you just sort of have to, it separated the two in a way that I enjoyed. And then, as I mentioned earlier, in those days we really, really used to dress up, which I don't see today. Mm-hmm. People are, well, they, for me it was a whole package. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the whole package of learning this new music, listening to it, discovering it, uh, dressing for it, moving from venue to venue to see what was happening, going to Reno when they had the big invitationals there, and seeing the people, you see this crowd walking, you knew they were from New Mexico. You mm. knew it. Or Arizona, by the way they dressed. What were they wear? Oh my God, they wore these beautiful, beautiful skirts everybody wore skirts in those days and beautiful boots with the fringe colorful tops it was just you just knew they were not from here and those invitationals were uh, they were competitive i mean they were for competition dance as well as you know as well as for your enjoyment just to dance um so I, I, it was just like a whole scene you know I don't know if they still do that. I think they still have one in November. In I'll have to ask Jeannie and Jim, who are my line dance teachers, if they. I think they still have one in November, but I'm not sure. But in those days, it was a big deal. The other, the other significant thing in those days, is that because we were all in so enthusiastic about the dancing, is we'd form teams and we'd name them. You know, Aunt Juana was. Um, I can't remember, but they had it, and then you'd all have, we'd wear 
you'd get matching clothing for the women and for the guys, the hats, the boots, the whole thing. And, and you'd compete against other teams from, they were like dance clubs is what it, what, what it amounted to. And Leo and I never, never joined a dance club, but we used to compete every once in a while. And I remember one time my hat flew off and I just kicked it off the floor and continued dancing. I still remember what I was wearing, all in white. It was so much fun. So um, for today, uh, personally, I don't see all of that anymore. I don't see the, the dance teams anymore. Um, but maybe it's because I live in a community where people really like to line dance. But it's changed from all the things that I just mentioned, the dressing, the team dancing, the now they dance to other, sometimes other stuff rather than Western music, which I objected to when I first moved here because I took a line dance class and start playing all this commercial music. And I, I, and I went up to the teacher and I said, I thought this was a line dance class. Oh yeah, it is. I said, well, how come you're not playing Waylon Jennings or you know, <laughs> somebody who is country? Oh, well, we do it to all kinds of music. Nobody had anything nice on dress-wise, and I thought, you know what? And she couldn't really dance. I, I, I to, in my estimation, she could not dance. She didn't have the rhythm for it. She used to hop, and I thought that's it for me. I never went back to that class. I never did. Currently, though, Jean, Jeannie, and Jim, who are in their eighties, are teaching a line dance class. And they're teaching it from the aspect of these are the old dances we used to do. Mm. Slap and leather, still the tush push and uh, alley cat and uh, pontoon and just dances that we did years ago, you know. And, um, and they're really fun. And they're really, but I'm the only one that dresses up when I go in cowboy clothes when I go there. But they make it fun because they they can relate to what we used to dance to and how we used to dance it so that makes it fun but it's the only line dance i'll take up here hmm. it's the only one the others are they don't exude enough energy you know from my from my point of view they get out there and you know it's one of these they don't do anything with their hands. Oh, they're just kind of shuffling along. Yeah, it, there's no... I mean, they don't seem to be having a good time. Mm. I'm having a good time when I'm doing it. So, but, you know, I mean, they're having their own good time. At their own rhythm. At their own pace. And I guess they they just don't play those songs that we used to dance to anymore. And that's okay. Because, in my view, um, moving the body is important however you want to do it. It's walking. My personal favorite is dancing. So that's why I still do it. Yeah, it's fun. It's just flat out fun. And that's how it should be. You say that you still dress up for it. What's the style that you have? Mm. Like if somebody just kind of got a hazy glimpse of you in the distance, but they saw, oh, she's got that on, that's probably Minnie. Oh, like that. 
uh, I can show you a couple of clothing items. Well, how would you describe them? I would describe, well, uh, let me put it this way. I have a black felt hat with a row of rhinestones around it so mm. that when you see it and light hits it, <clears throat> you can see that shine. What would I wear that with? I have a, a long black, you know, like to hear. Mid-calf, mid, mid, mid I'd say. Uh, black lace. That could be one. But <clears throat> black lace uh, skirt with a complimentary top in black. What color belt do you want? <laughs> I have turquoise. I have white. I have black. I have fuchsia. Jewelry you're asking for? Complimentary jewelry to all this. Rhinestone here. Rhinestone earring. Rhinestone bracelet, a fancy ring, the whole outfit. Oh, and boots, of course. Hmm. I have black pointy boots. I have snakeskin boots that would go with that outfit. I have red boots, leather boots. I have a pair of black ones that have little flowers on them. On the what do they call this? The shank. Hmm. Uh, that's one outfit. Hmm. Sometimes it's, I have a white cowboy hat. I'd have all white, all white on. Color accessory. Oh, let's do turquoise this time. I have the turquoise belt with rhinestones on it. I, I have a turquoise ring. Mm -hmm. um, just all kinds of outfits that I, and, I, and lots of white, lots of black, everything. How long has it taken to amass that kind of collection? Well, <laughs> it started a long time ago. I, these boots, I would say, are like that. I have a pair of water snake tan boots that are beautiful. Uh, my dance partner had matching boots. He had this um, beautiful western suit with piping around the back and the front. Uh, when we had the, the snakeskin tan boots, I still have those boots. They're wearing out. But, um, so, so we used to dress. And I'm the only one that now takes it here in Sun City that dresses. Nobody else does. Nobody. What was your biggest splurge item? Oh, well, if I had to pay in those days $200 for a pair of boots, I didn't think that was a big deal. <laughs> because that's what they cost them. Leather soles and beautiful and they've they're all leather but then they've all lasted how do you take care of them so well well they have products they sell you know that you can keep the leather supple <clears throat> but it was just like the whole package you know <laughs> for me that worked out well because that's how i dress and that's how i like to look and because in those days everybody dressed you know you'd be out of sorts if, if you didn't wear western clothes and the guys the hats the jeans nice shirts it was just it was like a package deal well i don't know you go to these western clubs now how do they dress oh sometimes like i am dressed right now i've got my boots my jeans uh buckled belt i have a sweatproof shirt i'm uh, in, <laughs> invested heavily in sweatproof shirts with the moisture wicking material because I, I sweat a lot when I dance. And then I've got my plaid shirt. Uh, it's got snaps, it's unbuttoned, and I got the sleeves rolled up. And that's that's a pretty common look for me. And the women? 
Do they match anything I just described? Well, sometimes with jeans and belts, you'll see, um, like, I guess they're called, like, Miss Me jeans and, um, and other brands of jeans, where the back pockets will be covered with... Glitter? Yeah, some kind of sparkly material, like, you know, rhinestones or, or uh, faux pearls or something. And then they'll have the sparkly belt that goes around. Um, sometimes they'll be um, wearing these uh, tank tops that have, like, kind of fake sparkle jewelry things and, you know, mm -hmm. the design of boots or something like that. Um, a lot simpler, uh, I would say, and like the accessories, you don't see the accessories as much. It's, it's really just the, you know, the functional stuff with added flourishes to it rather than the rings, the earrings and all that. But, uh, it, it changes, you know, I'm sure based on the, the financial means of some of these, these girls as well. And the style of the day. I think nowadays people aren't that concerned or as concerned about their appearance mm. as they were when I was doing this early on. Mm. And it wasn't, uh, see everybody used to do it. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't show up unless you got dressed up. You just didn't show up. Mm. And we always, not always, but on Wednesday we wore jeans, but almost all the other times we would wear dresses. Dresses or skirts. I bet you never see a dress or skirt out on that dance floor. I do not see a whole lot of dresses or skirts these mm -hmm. days. I see a lot of jeans, and maybe they'll be expensive designer jeans, but they're still jeans. Not as much with like sundresses or anything like that. And cowboy boots. Oh yeah, I, I I've seen very flashy uh, cowboy boots. Um, you know, they, they can also do in cutout designs for and things like that. Um, I don't see. I mean, it. it if it's like between boots and like sneakers, I mean, I don't see a whole lot of people dancing in just street shoes because with line dancing, I think, and just speaking from my own experience, it's easier to dance in boots. Like there are things you can do with boots that you just can't do as easily with street shoes. Up here, nobody wears cowboy boots except Uncle Larry. Really? No, that's, that's exaggerating. <clears throat> Few people wear cowboy boots. Wow. I can't say I've seen any woman with cowboy boots. What do they wear instead? To the line dance classes? Something that I wouldn't wear, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> they wear, some women show up in sandals. I say, you're gonna kill yourself in those shoes. Um, they wear, I have to describe them as ugly street shoes. <laughs> Sorry, that's just how it is. Uh, there seems to be no effort in trying to, I mean, I think you should dress appropriate to the occasion. Hmm. That's me. If I go on a picnic, I'm not gonna wear my rhinestone earrings, you know. If I go line dancing and my belt is black and the outfit is black and silver, you know, then that's when you doll it up and you wear the rhinestone earrings and brace and the whole bit. If you're teaching high school, you go in your formal suit. I mean, it needs to be appropriate to the occasion. I don't see that too much, uh, so much today in any venue, even apart from line, any you know, line dancing or country couples dancing. The people in country couples dancing will dress more than just anybody, anybody, anybody in a line dance class. Doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. So I feel like a movie star walking in there, you know? I mean, this is just my ordinary Wednesday outfit, but. They don't have the sensibility 
that we had about how to look and would make Stu look good on the dance floor. There, there doesn't seem to be that much care. And again, again, except for the country couple dancers who will have parties, and then I see the women kicking it up a notch. And then they'll wear the skirts and the boots and the accessories. But other than that, no. Mm -mm. Just for regular line dancing. For me, it sort of lacks enthusiasm about what you're doing. Because it, all of it, in my view, is just part of the fun. I don't want to look as if I'm going to go teach social studies to ninth graders when I go do line dancing. I want to look like I'm going to listen to, I don't know, George Strait, you know, John Anderson. Um, I, I want it, I want my, it's sort of a, it's sort of a, um, a way of, and I don't mean, when I say escaping, I mean it in a good sense. It's sort of a way of escaping your nine to five job and doing something so completely different than what you do as, as your career, that that's what makes it fun. You know, that's what makes it fun. You do ballroom dancing, you dress appropriately for ballroom dancing. But for me, I, I just, I like, I like fashion and I like, I like, because it's how, it's part of how you present yourself to the world. And there's, it says something about you. So, I guess some people don't care, but I care. And because it's all part of that country scene, that's what made it so much fun. And still fun. And you, um, you mentioned that uh, people don't know what uh, looks good when you're dancing. What effect do the rhinestones and the flowing skirts have? Like how does oh that Oh my God. When you're doing a, a, a cowboy waltz or something, and you do your turn and you have one of those skirts on that flows, you know, when you turn, it just looks beautiful. It looks really pretty. And I think that transfers from your brain to your feet and you feel that flow. That's part of the musicality that I think that if you, if you're, if you have musicality, it's part of all of that, you know. There's a, there's a dance that we used to do with the waltz, and then you have the turns that you do, you know, mm -hmm. and then you could see the, you could just see the skirt moving, hmm. or the I have a satin dress that I never threw out. I still have it, and and that's, you know, that's part of the fun, mm -hmm. is and that's why I think I like the the dresses and everything. Uh, even I take ballroom dancing now. When you're doing the cha-cha, you know, you wear a skirt that's going to move. But see, all of that is just part of the scene and, and your relationship to that scene. And, and I think you decide what relationship you want to have to that scene. Same thing in tango. You never show up in jeans. Oh my God, they throw you out on your ear. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a scene where... People really dress, the tango scene. It's gorgeous. So for me, that's all part of it, you know? That's all part of it. If you're mm. going to teach, you show up in professional clothing. You're, you know, you're the link to the outside culture. 
Show these kids what an adult looks like. Don't show up in your cutoffs, in your sandals, you know, unless you're teaching on the beach or something. <laughs> <laughs> then okay, that's appropriate to the scene, but it's a package. Mm -hmm. Deliver the package, like UPS does, you know, <laughs> just deliver the damn package. So it's just, it's just it's part of the fun for me. I don't know how other people feel about it, you know. Well, I don't think they give it that much thought. Mm. And again, except for the country couples, they, they, they go the extra mile. The guys have nice hats. Yeah, they, they look pretty nice. You mentioned, um, you mentioned your background in teaching somewhat. And I think one of the things that didn't pick up on the, the recording earlier was your transition from mm. everyday person not related to country or line dance and all of a sudden, here you are with all your boots and hats. What, what was that transition like? What's the story behind that? When you're going to make a transition in any aspect of your life, <clears throat> there's certain things that happen. Uh, you know, having been in a classroom all day long with very nice career clothes, you know, as I said, because you're the adult, you're the one that's teaching them what the outside world is like, you're the link to the culture out there. You bring yourself into the classroom and you demonstrate to them what an adult should look like and how an adult should behave and, and all of that. The transformation for me was so extreme in my mind that I could barely believe it myself. And again, when I say you're, you're you know, you're appropriate to whichever scene you're in, um, I wasn't going to show up in my civilian clothes on the dance floor and to do any kind of dancing, two-step, a line dance, a couple's dance. Number one, it doesn't look right. It doesn't feel right. So feeling is a big part of it. How, are, how do you feel when you're there? Well, I don't feel, and I used to mention this to my students all the time. I said, you know, if you go to, for an interview, and we used to do mock interviews, I said, you have to dress appropriate to the occasion. I said, when you saw me walk in this morning, did you see this red satin dress on me with big dangling rhinestone earrings and my three-inch high heel satin shoes? I said, no. And you'd say, what's happened to her? <laughs> she didn't go home last night? Oh. <laughs> so that's inappropriate there. So... I come in and I look the way I look today. Navy blue suit, matching shoes, nice leather belt, gold earrings, little bracelet. That's appropriate here. Mm. Now, if you go work in a, um, what do they call those shops on the hate, in the hate in San Francisco? Like boutiques or something? Yeah, I like those where they wear the spike hair and all that. Hmm. You know, spiky hair, 17 pierces on each ear, tattoos on the neck. Mm. I said, I wouldn't go look for a job there in my navy blue suit, would I? I mean, they'd say, um, there's the door right there. Don't let it hit you on the behind as you go out. It's inappropriate. Mm -hmm. I would wear my hair spiked. I would wear tan earrings, maybe, something like that. So, you know, you have to, but all of that is part of the feeling of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. It's part of the, and that's part of the transition that takes place, is that you go from the navy blue suit to your rhinestone cowboy hat. And along with that comes the feeling. So 
you're not delivering this serious global, these serious global issues in your classroom. You're just going there to have fun. Did you start out, I mean, since you, you didn't have boots and hats when you uh, were first exposed to this, uh, <laughs> did you start out dancing in just the street shoes? And... Never. Really? <laughs> I How went right up to Reno to... after I went for that first lesson and I learned one dance. I heard Mickey Gilly was in Reno. Mm -hmm. We're going to Reno, Mom. I bought my first pair of boots in Reno. Mm -hmm. And I saw this crazy looking little skirt. I said, no, I can't wear high heels with this. Got the boots, got the skirt, got the top, no hat yet. And then I just started getting fancy. Hmm. And I never, ever show up there in my school clothes. Didn't, again, it didn't feel right. Hmm. So you take that feeling with you in your transitions, whether it's in dancing or whether it's in business or whether it's in, you know, Silicon Valley. You take those feelings with you. And that, that, that would, um, what's that word, um, allows you to make that transition. And that's what, I think that's what gives the experience a meaning. You know, different meaning here for teaching, teaching, different meaning and feeling here for dancing. And for line dancing, what, what was it that uh, hooked you enough to to make you make that investment, because I'm sure all of this wasn't cheap, but no, uh, if, if you enjoyed it that much just from the first time, what was it about, who, who brought you to that first experience, and what kept you coming back? My sister brought me to the first experience, an urban cowboy. Hmm. That was the initiation to it. And what brought me back was that it was so, I like to learn things. I just personally like to learn new things. I've always had a sense of curiosity. I still do, and I think you need to have it until the day your boots are pointing up to heaven you know, or down to the other places. <laughs> <laughs> um, so wherever I am in my life, you know, when I lived in Sonoma County, I said, I, you know, I need something new here. I don't know anything about opera. Well, go to a class that teaches you something about opera. So I enrolled in that class. What attracted me to the line dancing and to country dancing in general was that I was able to open myself up to have that new experience, to welcome a new, a new chapter, so to speak, in my life, to listen to music I had never even bothered with, nor had any feeling toward. And because I learned one dance, that started, it was like a floodgate that opened then. And to this day, I still love country music, except now I watch the country awards and it's, hello, this is country? Uh-uh. It's changed so much. I don't know if you ever watched the country awards. It was like, oh God, Brad Paisley. I don't like Brad Paisley to begin with. And, and these guys, they show up with tennis shoes and <laughs> just cut it for me. Not like George Strait, cowboy hat, simple jeans, beautiful, simple shirt, big belt. He looks fantastic. He looks like he took a little effort. Mm. And and really, I think that's another aspect of, of, of transitioning into something brand new from your ordinary circumstances is that um, I think you have to be welcoming to the change. 
I think you have to be open to the change. I think you have to be willing to learn something so foreign to you. I think all of those aspects come into play. And it makes, I think it makes for a better person. Because anytime you broaden your horizons and look into something that is completely foreign to you, I think it's, you know, I think it's to the good. It could work to the other way too in terms of negativity in that you find out this is not for me. But the positive side of it is that you've looked into it and you've reached out beyond your limitations, what, what you perhaps could see as your limitations. You know, move out, look for something new because in it you find people that you never would have associated with before. And then you understand the limitations of that too. Well, I didn't come here to talk about Syria tonight, you know, and the refugee problem. You learn very quickly that that's not going to work. Again, go to the Commonwealth Club, which I belong to also. So those needs are taken care of in the Commonwealth Club. And then they say, you know what, this is just fun. Let's just dance, get George straight on, and let's just do the fireman, do the tush push, you know. Pure fun. What are some dances that you think uh, need to be brought back that uh, maybe people just aren't getting in their their line dance rotation these days but you used to love? Oh, I know which one I used to really love. Um, uh, what's that one? Johnny Lee sings it. They do it in the circle now but in the old days we used to do it as a couple. You know, you know it. Um, oh, Traveling Four? Traveling Four yeah, Corners? Yeah, Traveling Four Corners. I love that dance. That's an old, old dance. For those of you who are listening on audio, we just had a, a demonstration <laughs> in the kitchen of Traveling Four Corners. <laughs> By Johnny Lee. And it was interesting, in those days when I was learning, they played one song, they taught us the dance. They played it again, we reviewed the dance. And next time I walked in to that country bar and Johnny Lee was on, I knew that was Traveling Four Corners. I don't know if they do that anymore. If So we associated the music with a certain dance. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like in ballroom dancing, if you hear a Latin song with a certain rhythm, oh, that's the cha-cha, oh, that's the rumba, or that's, you know, this. So. I used to like that because I knew what to dance. Oh, that's traveling. Oh, yeah, that's the tush push. Oh, yeah, this is, I don't know. We used to have those contra dances. Mm -hmm. and, and I like that because I think it gives you, I think what it does for a dancer is it gives you a certain, it's not to say you can't dance that same dance to other music. It's just that if you hear that particular song that you learned that dance to, it gives you a sense of confidence and joy. Oh, I can do that. And you get out and you do it. So that that's I like that. I don't know if they I don't know if they still do that today. And what else uh, would DJs be able to do to help out the dancers in addition to uh, lining up those uh, those song and dance pairings? What else uh, marks a good DJ that uh, that strengthens the the confidence of the dancer? Well, first of all, they, I, they call out the dance. Well, we're going to do the tush push now. I'll play the music. And just leave you to figure it out yourself. 
Yeah, and then he figures you know the dance. If, he said, if he's announced that you're doing the tush push, well, get up and do it, you know. <laughs> Even if it's not the fireman by George Strait, but it's the tush push, he's saying. So then you depend on the DJ to pick the appropriate music. And they're usually pretty good. Like that guy that you danced with, Gordon. Oh, was that the for the, the when we were dancing at the lodge mm -hmm. that time? Yeah. You beat him in the contest, remember? <laughs> well <laughs> They still talk about up you they still talk about you here, Chris. I like to think it's a it's a cooperative effort. <laughs> if you're line dancing alone, then you're just a dot. You're a dot dancing. It takes two points to determine a line. <laughs> yeah. Yes. What, uh, what is it about the venues that uh, helps the dancers feel more comfortable and, and uh, free? Personally, I like country bars. Hmm. And I'm not a big drinker. Hmm. But I think, I, it, and it has, I think, something to do with how you're introduced to the music. That's where I heard the first music. Um, that's Urban Cowboys, you know, that whole, that whole bar-like scene, you know. And I and I actually I went to Mickey Gillies place in Texas. Hmm. I actually went there. Fabulous, burned down on all that. But um, so I I kind of like the, the reason I like the country bars is because I know they're going to be playing country music. So that's why I'm there. Do they still have those? We used to have a lot of them then. Had the Saddle Rack. Those two clubs in. Brisbane, um, country, the, con the Country Palace in Concord, I think it was. So they were actually just country bars, and that's all you did there. Don't even think about doing the cha-cha or the wall. Well, now you do the cowboy cha-cha, of course, but I mean, that's why you went there. Um, Josie Wales in Vallejo, they had them all over. We used to go all over. Why do you think they've fallen out of fashion? Even with as popular as country is now? Um, I think because as all other aspects of life, things change and people change. Um, that whole country music scene has dramatically changed. Taylor Swift, country singer, I don't think so. Yeah, she's made a big transition to pop these days. Yeah, well, she, to me, always sounded pop. Um, it, it was so different then, you know, because if you were a country singer, man, you were a country singer. Loretta Lynn or, you know, George Jones or um, more recently, you know, Alan Jackson, mm -hmm. George Strait. But even those guys aren't really representative from what I see, I just watched the country as, well, as long as I could, the country awards Wednesday night, and I thought, this is country? I don't think so. <laughs> I turned it off after a while. First of all, I was bored by it. I was bored by how they looked. I was bored. It didn't resemble country music to me in any way, and yet that's a transition that's taken place in that country scene. Mm -hmm. So the, the music sounds to me more like popular music. So it, it has no... It has no strong, I don't have any strong attachment to it anymore, no. Have the venues changed that, uh, that you've seen? The ones that are still open, have they uh, tried to cater um, a different crowd at all? Well, because I don't have a, a regular dance partner, country dance partner, as, as I did when, when Leo and I were 
dance partners. I can't really speak to that because I don't go to these country bars anymore, you know. But that was fun. You knew what you were doing, you knew what to expect, and man, you got dressed up and you went and you had a good time. And then after that, you got to breakfast. So it was like a whole, like a whole package. How many different states have you line danced in? Oh, well, California for sure. Um, Texas. Mm-hmm. Like when we went to Mickey Gillies. Mm-hmm. That was quite a, that was a great experience. That, that's about it. Oh, okay. What was your, either um, imagining this or describing from personal experience, what would you say is the worst line dance experience you could possibly have? What would that include? Falling down. <laughs> Somebody knocking my hat off. It's just generally... I've never really had any bad experiences in terms of, of the dance itself. I learned early on not to discuss politics. Mm-hmm. Not the right place for it, because <laughs> politics don't match mine for the most part. So, you know, you avoid that. If you're going to go there, you avoid that. Um, so that's, but mostly I've just had a good time there. Yeah. Are there any um, dances that you especially like, or movements within dances that you like, like sweeping motions or quick steps? Like what? What would be the uh, the types of dances that you gravitate toward, and which ones do you just kind of stay away from and let other people dance? Um, I used to dance really fast. Uncle Larry and I used to do that three step, really fast. People don't do that around here. And I, the clubs, I don't know because I don't go. Um, <clears throat> I like um, I like pretty much everything. Hmm. I like the the flowing waltzes. Um, I like pretty much everything, but sometimes I notice now that I guess maybe with the younger people. Um, they think that if it's faster, it's better. I don't necessarily think so. I think some dances, yeah, lend themselves to, to, to you know, fast traveling. But it doesn't necessarily, being faster doesn't mean better. It just means you're faster. And then there was a, the, when I was, you used to observe the couples dancing, there's, there's a dance that there's, some of these people did that the guy would just stand there. He'd just stand there. And the girl should be spinning. Spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning. I thought, well, this guy's really got a hard job, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's he's waving his arm the, Yeah, he waved his arm. It looked ridiculous, you know? It looked ridiculous. So I never, I never just, I'm glad I didn't have to do that. You have to have a good partner. Hmm. But the partner has to have rhythm. Hmm. How do you gain that sense of rhythm? You know, that's a good question. For example, you can take a gazillion lessons. You can technically know all the steps, but if you don't have rhythm, you're usually a half a beat off or half a beat ahead. And how do you gain that rhythm? I think, I think you either have it or you don't. Some people have a better sense of it, a sense of musicality, you know, and a, a, a sense about dancing on the beat. And as I say, you can know all the steps, but it doesn't look good. 
and, and I don't even mean that from a critical point of view. It just, you're a little bit off. There was this parent, old guy that used to, he knew, every, he knew every line dance in the world, but he was always just a little bit off. So it wasn't any, it wasn't any dance. I love to watch good dancing and good dances. I love to watch you dance. But there's some people that's like, time to go to the bar yet, you know? <laughs> they just don't have it. Will they ever get it? I doubt it. Have you ever seen anybody improve, like going from... Yes. Really? Absolutely. How did they do that? Consistency. Mm. When, I, when I first started, just barely, barely learning a couple of steps, there was this young guy, and he was so awkward, and I thought, oh, you're never going to get it. But he went every single Wednesday. He never missed. And he improved. So I absolutely believe that, yeah, anybody can improve, but you have to be, you have to really like it, you have to want to be there, you have to really do it. Otherwise, you know, if you just do it sporadically, it ain't going to happen. Yeah, it's, it's really possible. But I think it takes a lot of things in, in order to make that possible. I think if you're in a group, which is an inclusive group, which you're in a group that's fun to be with, if you're in a group that is welcoming, you know, I mean, you don't have to be John Travolta, you know, nobody's John Travolta, but, but yeah, you can improve, absolutely. Have there been any instructors that, uh, that you've seen or that others have told you about that have had especially helpful methods for getting people to, uh, to go from two left feet to uh, knowing every dance on the floor? You have to have the same qualities as a dance instructor, as you have as a teacher in the classroom. You have to have patience. You have to have repetition. You have to have encouragement. You have to be present. I mean, really be present. You have to act as if you're enjoying it. And as I say, whether you're in a classroom or you're out on the dance floor trying to teach somebody. You have to be able to discern who's having a problem. Never embarrass, never humiliate. And I say that just from personal experience because I know that what you've done to humiliate that person will not move that person forward because then the person will either despise you and drop out or change to another class. But encouragement is very, very important. That's what keeps people coming back. Oh, you know, you're, it's a hard step, but you're going to get it. Let's go over to the corner here, I'll show you. And, not, and do it in such a way that you, the person that you convey to that person that they're going to get it. You're going to get this. You should have seen me when I first started dancing. I had two left feet, you know, I couldn't even do this. But then I started listening to the music. Oh, this is fun. Here. Da, 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 da. You'll get it. And I, encouragement is just so vitally important, I think. Um, I think it's really the cornerstone. Encouragement and patience. It's a, good, it's a good cornerstone to any kind of teaching. Yeah. Have there been any times when you thought you would just be done with country? Has anybody ever criticized uh, your look or your steps? 
or just saying, ah, oh, the whole thing is, is nonsense. Uh, was there ever a time when you thought, oh, well, I guess I'll hang up my hat, whatever. It's, it's Never. Fine. That's really? why I kept all my hats. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I still have a wardrobe. Because I never throw anything away. I have a full set of fancy stuff. Never going to give it away. Did you just n never uh, encounter those sour people? Find them all over. <laughs> Not only in country. Um, but you know, country is different. I mean, I'd say they're all pretty nice, you know? Hmm. Yeah. I think people who like dance, unless you're dancing with some guy who thinks he knows it all and is correcting every other step, in which case you will not dance with him again. Mm -hmm. uh, almost everybody else there is, you know, different levels of expertise. And it's just generally a good scene. How yeah. has that spread to other parts of your life, being involved with those kinds of positive people for so many years? Or I guess in general, how has line dance um, changed you as a person? Well, I... I um, how has it changed me as a person? Um, well, for me, it, it broadened my horizons. Because I would never have entertained the idea of even listening to the music, much less dan to it, dance to it. But I think that whole idea of dancing to it is what, what has main, that's how I maintain my interest. Because if you like the music, it, you have to be a person that likes to dance, I guess. You know, I like to dance, so uh, so it just opened a, a new chapter for because before I just did, you know, ballroom dancing kind of stuff, Papaloo, and and that's fun too. But it's just different. So yeah, it's a broad. I would say just generally, it's broadened my horizons, and introduced me to a, a, probably a group of people that with whom I would never have associated. You're not part of the scene. You don't, you know. It's just like if you're part of the tango scene, man, that's all you do. Mm. That's it. <laughs> don't even talk about anything. East Coast swing? Oh, no, I don't think so. They don't even want to, no. I've never seen people who were so, I, I'm going to say narrow in their, their point of view, but I, I don't mean that in a negative sense, just in the sense that that's all they want to do. But it's a very complex dance, so I can understand that. Nicole, that's all she does. She likes other dance, but that's all she does. And that's okay, you know. And then you, so then you gravitate to those people who enjoy that and you go see the shows and, you, and they dress fancy, the, all the dresses and the shoes from Buenos Aires. And so I think you make a certain connection to, well, I think just generally, I think in life, you make certain connections. You know, and then you, you sort of just follow that path and, 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 and where it takes you, you know, um, in terms of who you associate with, um, who you hang out with, who you um, socialize with, who you travel with. Because they have cruises that are country cruises. So... It opens up new vistas, I think, anytime you, you you step out from your comfortable zone. Now that's good. 
who do you think especially needs that? Like, if there's a person who you think uh, would be all you know, turned around from where they are to where they could be with line dance, who really needs that um, that special quality that line dance could bring? I'm not sure I understand the question. Well, like for me, for example, like back in the day, uh, before before Kodiak Jacks, like I didn't use my hips a lot. And uh, I, I grew up with comic books and video games and, and all that. And that's, that's fine, but uh, there was a, a sense of my body that I didn't have yet. Mm -hmm. And by getting into the line dance scene, I was able to socialize in a different way rather than mm -hmm. just being all intellectual academic, talk about philosophy all the time. Like There was a kind of a casual side that I was able to develop. And uh, I was able to use my, my body in a new way besides just like martial arts, which is you know, what I've been doing for 10 years, um, I was able to get a little looser and freer. Uh, are there any people, for example, you wouldn't have to name names, but are, is there anybody in this community, for example, who you think just really needs to get into a, a, you know, a line dance class for them to start seeing some positive changes in you know, where they are? Like what kind of person, if you had to describe aspects of them, how they are now, um, what is it about them that would make line dance a real uh, positive influence on their life? If I were teaching it, let's say, and because when I go in, I take jazz dancing at jazz class, and the line dancers are in there before, before we start our class. So I, I was watching them just yes, yesterday, I guess it was. And this is what I saw. Um, well, none of them were dressed up or had high school, none of that. Well, that's beside the point right now. But what I, what I felt, and there's a glass here and I'm looking in, I felt no energy. I didn't see any energy in there. So if I were in there and I were in front instructing, I said, part of dancing is just, number one, enjoying it, and number two, liking the music, and number three, moving your body in such a way that shows rhythm. So, so to describe what's happening here, it's a, kind of just a shuffling, stuttering. Hands yeah. right down to the side. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I would say, let's lift our arms up this way. About chest high? Yeah, about chest high. And when you're moving, you know, move your body. A little sway of the hips there. Yeah, sway. And... And your arms will automatically, if you have that little sway to your body, I don't think anybody tells them that. Hmm. So what do they know? <laughs> so, and especially if you don't have any rhythm, or if you don't feel the music. See, I feel the music. As soon as I feel the music, oh, that's a tush push. I know how to do the tush push. Yeah. So you, you do it, but, but don't keep your hands down locked <laughs> at your side like somebody got you tied up with a rope. You know, it's pretty hard to move that way. You'll find that your body moves easier if you have your hands up and you let your body kind of roll. You'll have more fun. And if you talk to them in such a way that it's not critical, it's just helping them to understand that I'm glad you're here and we're going to dance this together. And this will help you. But it's it's so without energy when I see that class that I think, oh my God, I wouldn't join this class. Mm. And if I did, I wouldn't be doing it that way. And I would stay in front, always. 
So it sounds like in, in the kind of class that uh, you would like, the kind of person who would benefit from it is somebody who might not have a lot of energy. Maybe they're less confident with mm -hmm. how they can move their, and express their bodies, like with their arms and their hips, and who might need to be encouraged more to... Be shown. Be, be shown. Be shown. Be shown. So if they took a class, like a line dance class, they might have more energy and they might feel more included and the people around them, as you've described, would be nice and not really critical of them. Absolutely. You're here for fun. I'm not here to deliver about a sod today, you know. <laughs> today we're just going to have a good time. Let them know. I mean, maybe you need to describe it to them. I think the teacher has to be the one to encourage that. The teacher has to be the one to not critically, Jesus, nobody's moving their arms out there, to look at it that way, to say at the beginning, you know, at the beginning of the class. The other thing that I think as a teacher I would do if I were doing it, you can dance in these classes for three years and never know the guy next year and the one beside. Most people are territorial. Once they get in that class, they find a spot they don't want to move. <laughs> That's it, folks. This is my territory. How about, you know, Maybe at first wearing a name tag, the little thing you buy at Staples or something. Look to the person to your right. Look to the person, oh, hi, I'm Minnie, you know, this and that. Oh, hi. So the next time they come in, people like to know that there's somebody there that they know. Mm -hmm. and, and since we're all here for fun, let's learn a few names here. You know, what's I've been in a class where I end the class, I have no clue at all with whom I've been dancing. And I know it's hard if you have a lot of people in the class, but still, if you don't have a gregarious personality, you're a little bit more shy, you know, like me. <laughs> <laughs> you're a little bit more shy. Then you don't reach out, you know? And I think it's not because people are trying to be aloof. I think they're just, they're just not of a, a gregarious nature. But it makes it more fun if you go in there and you know a couple of faces and, you know, you know, oh, I'm, this is Melanie, and each time you dance next to a different person, introduce yourself. It just makes it more welcoming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is there anybody that you would like to thank from your history in line dance for uh, being an especially good partner or a, a teacher or maybe the people who got you into it in the first place? If you could just go down the line and thank everyone for for their role in that, uh, who would be the, the people you think? <laughs> I'd start out with my sister. She's the one that introduced me to this whole country thing. I never, probably would never have ventured out. But as I say, it was a, it's a combination of things. Urban Cowboy and then my sister inviting me to that country bar and then that was the beginning of the whole thing. I, my station never turned after, that is always on the country station after that, especially after I learned the dance. So yeah, my sister and that dance partner that I had, he was phenomenal. But you see, he had a natural rhythm to his body. I think the other people, the other thing that maybe I would point out casually if I were teaching a class would be to say, the body was intended to move. You know, and so you're gonna find that, you know, in this class, that movement is gonna be, not only is it gonna be fun for you, it's gonna be great for your body. I don't think maybe people don't think about that, but I think that's 
an important aspect of dancing. Prevent Alzheimer's too. Mm. Because the thing about dancing is that, like when I was taking tap, there's basic, like there's basic steps in every dance, basic steps that you'll do over and over and over again. It's the combination, the different combinations of learning these steps that's good for your brain. Because if you read any of the literature now, they say one of the ways to prevent uh, Alzheimer's, do crossword puzzles, do this, do that, dance. But you can't just dance the same sequence. You know, you can't just be doing the foxtrot for 15 years and never change a step. So in tap, you learn basic patterns, and jazz too, but you mix them up. You have to remember the sequence, or you can't do the dance. And that's where the repetition comes in for the instructor. So if you learn the basic patterns and then just get them all mixed up, it's hard to sometimes remember the sequence. But again, that's what the repetition and encouragement comes in, because that's what happens. And that is, then that is good for your brain. Because when they say dancing, that's what they mean. So that's, yeah, I like that. So there's your sister, there's your partner, anybody else that uh, has especially made an impact on you with line dance? Um, I think Uncle Larry, because I used to dance the real fast ones with him. Mm -hmm. And we used to have a lot of fun. Uh, and just to describe, who is Uncle Larry? Uh, for those who... Yeah, my sister's, my sister Olivia's husband. Yeah, this is the guy that never danced. In his 19 years of first marriage, never danced. Never. <laughs> and now he's a dancing fool, you know? So there's hope for everybody. Yeah, hopefully we can get him on the, the podcast as well at some point in the future. Yeah, he's, he's, and he's a good dancer. Hmm. He's got a good sense. You have to have a good sense of rhythm, I think, you know? Hmm. But, you know, if you don't, well, then just go along the way you are and just move your body. Yeah. What can we in the line dance community do to help share line dance with other people if we are not venue owners ourselves if we are not djs or promoters ourselves what can we do to help uh, inspire people to move their bodies in these you know free and comfortable ways i think that first you need to talk about it i think you need to ask them a couple of questions you know have, have you ever have you ever done do you like oh, you'd like to dance oh it's okay well have you ever what have you danced well, when I was in high school, we used to do rock and roll. Oh, well, what have you done since then? Oh, I know. My wife makes me go to a wedding. We do try to do a cha-cha. <laughs> you, know, so you find a lot of people like that. And have you ever done line dancing? No, I don't like that music. Well, have you ever heard any of it at all? Oh, my wife sometimes plays Willie Nelson. Not very good to dance to. Huh. Well, you know what? Um, you might really like it if you tried it. Uh, and I mean, I'm not a dancer. Well, I never did it before either. But what I have found out is a lot of fun. So I think first you need to talk about it. First you need to encourage them. And next you need to invite them. Or, or next you need to tell them about places where they can do this. You know, oh, my wife won't go. Well, why don't you invite her? Yeah. Go out beforehand. The class starts at 6. Maybe you want to go have a appetizers and a drink. Yeah. But dancers do not drink a lot. Mm. We very seldom. I never used to drink. 
I always drank that quinine water. And the guys, well, you can't dance vigorously and drink. I mean, you'd fall on you know what. <laughs> it doesn't work. And invite people. Just as a... And, and um, I think the invitation opens up a place for them where perhaps to something they had never even considered. Well, try it. You might like it. And then just try to, I guess, send them to a place where you know there's a good teacher. You know. And encourage people to try something different. What did I know about opera? I still don't know that much, but I had fun learning it a little mm -hmm. bit, you know. And so now that they show it down at the Century Cinema and I go see the opera, you know, broadcast from the Metropolitan in New York. It's fantastic. Do I understand what they're saying? No. You don't have to, you don't always have to understand something, but you can always enjoy it. It's, it's the same with everything, you know. So just, I think people, especially if you talk to somebody who's of the mind of um, curious, um, the whole idea that, I used to tell my students, you know, don't think that when you leave here at 3 o'clock that your learning stops. I said, you're learning beyond the minute you open your eyes at home. And it'll continue all through the rest of the day because you're, you're going to learn different things on the street. You're going to learn different things from your friends. You're going to learn different things if your parents take you somewhere. But the point to remember is that if you live to be 109, you still have to continue to learn. So you have, I mean, it depends how welcoming pe people are to that idea too, you know. But again, I think that encouragement, it just, I think people need encouragement. I wish Uncle Steve would take dance. I mean, I really do. And for a guy, pff, you know how to dance, man. <laughs> You're 95% of the way there with women. Mm. Women seem to love to dance. And you know, the other thing is it doesn't matter size. Size does not matter. Like short or tall? Short, tall, skinny. fat, wide, whatever, whatever you want to call it. I went to, a, I was doing West Coast Swing. Went to a class in Roanoke Park one time at the, the club there. I looked across the room, this guy's dressed in a little black, well, he looked pretty nice, you know, and I thought, this guy, well, I don't think so, you know, probably can't move his fat ass, his, <laughs> I mean, his posterior. That guy got out on the dance floor, and I have to tell you, it was like he didn't have any bones in his body. He was so good. I would be intimidated to dance with him. He was that good. So, doesn't matter what your size is. I don't care, it doesn't matter. But he had rhythm. Mm. So he was one up on everything with that. But so it's, so again, that's when, you know, some people are afraid, they're a little couple pounds overweight, 50 pounds overweight. Doesn't matter. What matters, you know what matters? The attitude with which you go into it. Mm. It's like going to the theater I asked my students one time, what do you take when you go to the theater? What do you take with you? My ticket. Well, I said, yeah, you got to have your ticket. What else do you take? Well, I don't know. 
they would never know. I said, well, look, it's not like going to a movie because when you go to a movie, it's all right there in front of you. But when you go to the theater, it's a different story. So one of the things that you take with you, of course, is your attention, but you take your imagination because it's not, everything's not gonna be clear cut like in a movie. So you take your imagination and your enthusiasm with you and I can almost promise you that you'll have a better time than if you take those things with you. So there is something that you take to the theater. It's not they giving you something all the time necessarily. You, your attention, your enthusiasm, it all matters. You do the same thing with dance. You know, what do you take with you? Well, you take your sense of wanting to learn, you take your sense of learning something new, you take your sense of hearing music that you hadn't listened to before. Sometimes you need to point these things out to people because like, they don't think about it. I mean, they just don't think about it. So, yeah, good. And if there's uh, anything that you could request or ask of our listeners here today, what would you ask of them? Of the listeners? Mm -hmm. Hey, right off the top of my head, I'd say try it. Hmm. What have you got to lose? And I'm telling you that you'll have a lot to gain if you go in there with those things that I mentioned, you know. The sense of fun, the sense of meeting new people, the sense of wanting to learn a new, if you want to call it a skill the sense of doing something completely different from what you're used to doing, the sense of just seeing a different part of the world, and that's a part of the world, you know, a dance hall is a part of the world, your sense of meeting new people, people with whom you probably would never have associated. But see, I, I like people, so it's very easy for me to talk. I talk. I have somebody standing at the bus station. I'm talking to them within three minutes. You know? It's very. Your dad's the same way. The same way. Uncle Steve is different. He's more shy. But if you're shy, my take on shyness is that you're paying too much attention to yourself. Mm. So take the focus off of yourself, and take because you have a lot to offer. You take that with you and share with what it is you are to the person next to you. Hmm. Sometimes people don't understand that they have a lot to share because they're shy and they're afraid to talk to people and somebody might rebuff them. Relax. You have a lot to offer. Talk to that person. That's why I say it's kind of nice that, I don't know, people are, maybe they're shy. Introduce yourself. You'll get a lot out of it. And here's the part that people, a lot of people don't mention. And you have a lot to offer. See, people don't realize that they have something to offer, especially if you're shy. So if, if you point that out to them, they'll think, oh, they'll sit up a little straighter, you know? Go put their boots on with new socks or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What dance should everyone go out and learn right now from the first person or first uh, first time person just learning to the advanced dancers? What What's something everyone should learn right now? Well, I'd say the electric slides because everybody in the world knows that. Hmm. 
That's it's the first dance I learned, mm -hmm. and it's easy. I mean, you can, I, I talked to some guy in my ballroom class. <laughs> this guy cannot dance. I am sorry. He cannot dance. And our jazz teacher, well, you know, dancing is just funny walking. Hmm. That's all it is. It's just funny walking. And so I, I could see this, such a nice man, it's an English guy. He's there with his wife. And I could see him struggling. We were, what were we learning? Um, the East Coast Swing. Uh, that poor thing could not dance. And I could see him out of the corner of my eye because we're in a, in a circle like this. So I went, I never correct if I'm dancing with somebody at some, you know, I never, 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 never correct my partner, ever. But I'll talk to the instructor and say, you know, when, when he's turning, instead of doing this, have him put his arm here and extend it up so that I can make the turn. So I, she said, okay, I'll tell Sal. Fabulous ballroom instructors. So anyway, I saw him struggling. I could, we have, for tap, we have the mirrors in front, and so they're, you know, they're there all the time. I could see him struggling, and when you're struggling that hard and you don't get it, you're not feeling good about yourself. So you know that right off as an instructor. They're not feeling good. They're not having fun. They're here because their friends are here. So I went back there. I said, hey, John, how, what's up? And he says, oh, fine. You know, I knew he wasn't fine. I said, um, how do you like this dance? Oh, yeah, it's nice. Well, <laughs> I knew he wasn't feeling good. I said, yeah, let's try it, I said, you know. And so not getting it. I said, let me ask you something. Um, can you count to three? He said, yeah. I said, how about six? Yeah. I said, okay, I'm going to show you something. When you're doing the East Coast Swing, this is how you go. One, two, three. Oh, well, they teach it different here. It's step, back. What do they call it? Ball change. But you don't use those terms. I said, you just step back, you put your foot down. And then one, two, three, back. Let's see, I have to do 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 backslide, da 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 backslide. So I counted it for him and I said, and this did it real simply. One, two, three, right? Oh, except they started different here. They started with the, this. I never learned it that way, but now I have to do it. Ball change. One, two, three. And I make him do it and count it. I said, it's real helpful when, and, so, and teaching also, it's helpful to point it out. When you're learning a dance, I said, I, you know, when I was taking tap, especially, but any dance, I was counted. I counted when I started, because, and the, the reason that's good is because if you count it, you'll know where your foot is supposed to be on five. And if it's this foot instead of this foot, you say, oops, five is here. So I, I, did, I told him that he could dance. So I made him do that and count it. And he was finally getting it. Patience. Hmm. But he'll <laughs> never be a dancer, but if he keeps it up, he could learn. Hmm. You know, if he stopped, he stopped coming, I don't know if they're going to come back. He was struggling. So he should learn the electric slide. He should learn. That's the most simple dance, I think. Maybe it's because the first one I learned. It's, it's not complex. Mm -hmm. And for the intermediates out there, is there any, any dance you'd recommend for them? 
an intermediate thing. Any any dance that you especially like doing that you think everybody else should do, um, because they would love it as well. Well, because I love traveling four corners, that's the one I would pick, and it's it's fairly easy. Right. And but now they teach it in a circle, like in a line dance class, they do it in a circle. I never learned it like that. I learned it as a partner dance where I, I stood in front hmm. and then turned and, and Leo and I used to dance. It's because I like the music. A lot of it, I think a lot of it has, uh, dancing has to do with the music that's played. I mean, I hear a Latin piece, I'm up. Hmm. I'm up. And I'm, I'm learning, um, well, I know the cha-cha, but I'm learning really interesting steps now that I, I never knew before. This, I don't know what they call them, these back steps. <laughs> oh, and then you do this. Oh, the arm movements. Yeah, it's really fun. I'm dancing with this guy who's 90 years old. Ooh. 90 years old. There's a couple of people up here who are 90 years old. You should see him on the dance floor. Amazing. Ooh. Amazing. So I would say the electric slide, because everybody in the world is doing that. Now, anytime you go to a wedding, anytime you go up here on Tuesday night, and that's when everybody gets up. I think that's a good one to start with. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, well, is there anything else that you have to say about line dancing in general? It's fun, do it. It's fun, do it. All right, <laughs> thank you very much, Minnie Gonzalez, for coming out to our show. You're welcome. It was my <laughs> pleasure. i got to go get dressed now. I've got my cowboy clothes to change, too. All right, <laughs> we'll see you all next time.